What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is LOTL, and this is episode 110. And on tonight's episode, the boys are talking about some breaking news. What will it be? You'll find out in a minute. After that, we start a new segment called The Catch-Up with Jimmy. And Jimmy just catches us up on events that have happened throughout the week, and we give our quick takes and uh, our opinions on that. After that, we dive into sports leagues and whether or not they're coming back. The NHL has announced their plan to come back. Uh, NBA seems like they're inching closer. And then we don't know what the heck is going on with baseball, so we take a deep dive into Major League Baseball, their negotiations, and what we think is going to happen there. After that, uh, Dan went to Terrestrial Brewing Company and this uh, past weekend and uh, experienced what restaurant and bar life looks like post-COVID reopening. So we talk about that a little bit. Uh, we get into our poll, which talks about Memorial Day. Uh, Jimmy talks about doing the Murph on Memorial Day weekend, which is a CrossFit uh, deal, and uh, how he almost uh, got sick doing it. Uh, after that, we do our shout-outs, and then we get, we get out of here for the weekend. But before all that, as always, we talk about the beers of the week. Let's do it. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. All right, here we go, guys. Beer the. Wait, what is that? Oh, here we go. Might as well get it out of the way early. Breaking news time. We've been teasing it all day on social media. This is for the last couple days. Uh, so let's let's send it over to Jimmy Pasarchik, who's at the LOTL Breaking News Desk. Jimmy, take it away. Yes, thank you, Daniel. This is my first breaking news report ever. Uh, kind of thrown off guard, to be honest. That was kind of fast, but. Indeed, we have breaking news here at LOTL. Uh, as Dan mentioned, we were kind of sneak peeking, uh, teasing something on social media that we had an announcement to make, and that announcement is we have a new co-host. What? And yes, I know, hard to oh believe. My gosh. Who could it possibly be? But um, why should I say anything? Uh, our new co-host, can you uh, mention your name? Can you speak up? Can we hear Hello, you? are you there? I can do. I think Hello. I can do that. What's up, everybody? Ryan Donathan here, and uh, very happy to say that I am. I am the one. I am. I am the new guy. <laughs> you are the chosen one. I'm the one. Yes. So, so that's breaking news. Um, we brought in Ryan Donathan. He's been on the episode a couple of times now. He's written a couple of blog posts. He's a diehard Cleveland fan, as uh, we all are. Diehard Browns fan. Uh, much more knowledgeable than uh the kid behind the breaking news desk when it comes to football that's for sure but uh we love having him on he's full of content he's full of charisma and uh we're happy to have a new co-host and another perspective on the show so back to you dan fantastic welcome ryan welcome (laughs) thank you thank you uh this is gonna be fun we appreciate uh you uh coming on with us you know we've so when we originally started this podcast, uh, we had four guys, and Jimmy was kind of like our producer, our 
you know, I said I wasn't going to say this, but he was the man behind the glass. He was like our tech guy, and he still is. But he took on an additional role when one of our uh, original co-hosts, uh, our good buddy Paul, uh, decided to step away. And uh, it had been three of us. And that had worked out for a while. And, uh, you know, we were having a great time, but it just felt like there was something missing. And uh, so... You know, we've had Ryan on the show a couple of times and, you know, your passion for, you know, not only Cleveland sports, because we're not just a Cleveland sports podcast, but uh, Ryan's passion for beer, which is another huge tenant of what we talk about. Um, and, uh, you know, everything Cleveland, really, since you, you know, you grew up in Cleveland, grew up in the suburbs of Cleveland, same as me and Jimmy in Strongsville. Uh, so it just seemed like a perfect fit. So, uh, you know, we were we were uh, going out in the free agent market looking for somebody and. You know, we made him an offer he couldn't refuse <laughs> to give my absolutely awful Godfather impression. <laughs> that, that, that was pretty bad. But. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Welcome Ryan uh, as our new co-host. Uh, moving forward, uh, Ryan will be just as much a part of LOTL as any of us. So, um, yeah, welcome him on social media. Uh, Ryan, give your uh, social media handles real quick. It is on Instagram at r underscore Donathan, and then Twitter is actually I think it's the same. Yeah, at r underscore Donathan. So there we go, keeping it simple. Yeah. So hit him up, give him a follow, welcome him, and uh, yeah, let's get to it. So uh, Jimmy, like I said, uh, Jimmy kind of wanted to go back to his original role, and uh, that's essentially being our Swiss Army knife on the podcast. Uh, if it wasn't for Jimmy, none of our episodes would ever get posted because Jordan and I really don't know how to do it. So, um, <laughs> so Jimmy is the reason why you can actually hear us. Um, so, uh, but not only that, Jimmy does all of our content uh, on social media, which we're going to be doing a lot more of. So, um, you know, he had expressed that he wanted to go back to his original role and focus on uh, more of the marketing and social media aspect of the podcast. So, uh, that's when we kind of made the decision to. Uh, Offer Ryan the spot. So you're still going to hear a lot of Jimmy. He's not going anywhere. It's just, you know, uh, there are things that, you know, he would rather do than, you know, talk to me and Jordan all the time, which I can't really blame him. So I'm actually going to audition for Caller Daddy for the mail role. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I'm leaving. Oh, that no. Oh, no. Portnoy. Portnoy. Wow. You got your guy right here, Alex Cooper. Yeah, you, got you don't guy. need another girl co-host. Bring in the guy. It's what the yeah. podcast needs. I'm yeah. here. So, if, All right. so if she's if she's currently a single father, would that make you the mother? Is that how that would work? I don't know how that <laughs> works. That's that's enough of that right now. That's enough. <laughs> that's for them to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that's not enough my of that. problem. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so well, I, you know, I was gonna um, was gonna intro the episode like we always did uh, before. That our breaking news sounder went off because you know we couldn't hold it any longer. Um, so let's get right to it. Let's get into it. Uh, beer of the week time. Uh, we've got four beers now uh, every week. So let's go around the room. What do we got? And let's start with Jordan. Yeah. So um, I actually have. It's been a long week for me. Um, I couldn't taste or smell last week. And 
and I still can't really. It's recovering though. I'm gonna jump into this actually real fast now because it fits. Okay. Uh, I actually tested positive for coronavirus um, on Tuesday. I'm pretty much fine, uh, but I couldn't. I lost my taste or smell, or I lost my taste and smell around a week ago today, and um, it never it hasn't fully come back yet. In fact, yesterday was the first day when it started to come back a little bit. But anyhow, long story short, work wanted me to get tested and I ended up having it. So it's very strange. Uh, apparently I'm one of those people that was essentially asymptomatic minus the taste and smell thing, which has been a lot more frustrating than it sounds to literally not be able to smell or taste anything. Um, I bring that up and I don't want to focus too much on that and I am okay and I'm just need to wait and stay quarantined, actually quarantined for a while. But um, I bring it up because I got North High's honey wheat last week and I could taste pretty much nothing. So I decided not to even taste it or try it. Uh, since I'm slowly getting my taste and smell back, I decided to give it a shot. And while I can't fully taste it, I can taste enough of it to know it's pretty good. It does kind of remind me of Breckenridge's agave wheat, but very different uh, vibe um, at the same time. And it's a very drinkable, smooth, I would say it's a summery beer. It's about 5.8%, a little on the heavier side for a wheat, maybe. Um, I like it, and I love the can. It's a yellow can with like a bumblebee pattern on it, or a, a honeycomb pattern on it. So yeah, North High's Honey Wheat. North Highs in Columbus, by the way, for those who don't know. Yeah, so so real quick, uh, we were planning originally to, you know, since the state is pretty much completely opened up now, um, we were planning on trying to do the episode in person this week. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, Jordan had said he started getting sick right around maybe that the day of last week's episode or maybe the day after or whatever. So um, we decided to, at first, we decided to, you know, just do it uh virtually like we had and uh you know didn't really think anything of it and then um you know jordan as as you said ended up getting tested and testing uh positive but like you said you're feeling fine you just have yeah. to have that weird symptom where you can't smell or taste anything and and like it sounds like that's starting to subside a little bit which is great that's correct um, so hopefully uh another week or so uh you'll be totally clear of this and yeah you know back to uh back to living living your life so it's gonna be a long week or two that's for sure <laughs> yeah for sure i mean because you can't you literally can't go anywhere no i, I like, it's not, not it's not like right. before this like where you could right. like go to the grocery store like you can't go anywhere no, i had my mom deliver me groceries and i'm gonna have to do that or ask friends to do the same because i yeah. you know obviously i can't in good conscience go out right now so oh for sure for sure yeah Okay, cool. Um, awesome. Uh, who wants to go next? Actually, you know what? I'll go next since I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> I've got uh, the OG brewery in the city of Cleveland. I've got Great Lakes, and uh, I have their new small batch IPA. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. cool. I want to try that out. There's, there's so not my, any of those left. My brother, <laughs> you know what I'm just noticing now? It's one of those, uh, like, uh 
like remember Jordy, remember when you got gym day from platform and, and yeah, we realized yeah. it was like a 3.6%? Yeah, it was like a low percent. This is a 3.8% IPA. Oh, um, okay. So, okay. Um, but anyway, uh, this is a special small batch beer because we enjoy brewing a little a lot. Handcrafted in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, uh, that's part of their small batch, batch IPA. that they do. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm guessing the 107 is because it's the 107th small batch that they've made. Uh, can's pretty cool. It's like that that interesting green ish can. Think, I think the 107 was for the calories. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, my bad. I think, Whoops. I think the, yeah, I think that's what it was. I remember seeing that. Well, even better because I'm drinking a beer that only has 107 calories. It's like uh, Michelob, but not. Yeah. Three uh, 3.8% alcohol, 40 IBUs, so very low on both of those scales. Uh, but it's got good taste. I, it it's definitely a it, it's like an IPA and it's like cut in half. Oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's interesting. It 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 definitely you can taste the IPA in it, but it's a very light beer. Like this would be an IPA that you could drink uh, like outside on a hot day, and nice. you know drink it all day. So that's that. Cool stuff. Very good. Co-host Ryan, Ryan what do you got? There we go. I went out. I actually got myself a brewery that I not only have not been to, but I actually hadn't even heard of before. R. Shea Brewing out of Akron, Ohio. Ooh. Uh, I got there. It's called the Three Legends New England IPA. Uh, tall boy cans, uh, 6.25% alcohol. So it's a little bit lower. It, might, it sounds silly to say a 6.25% you know, beer is lower, but in terms of the New England IPA world, that's 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 modest. Um, it says right on here, it's an award-winning New England IPA. I don't know what award they won, uh, but I can see why, because I'm really liking it. Um, it's, it is it is not overly aggressive um, on the booze. It's definitely drinkable. Um, I would not crack this on an 80-degree day by the pool necessarily, like you might with the one that you're drinking, Dan. But um, <laughs> right. this is super tasty, super easy to drink. It's got a little bit of that hazy um, that I really have come to love. and. Um, I am definitely impressed with uh, with Arche Brewing. I this is my like I said the first time I've even heard of them. Um, oh, shout out by the way, I got this at Heinen's in Strongsville. Shout out to Cat. I was talking to uh, she distributes for uh, Market Garden, and she and I were shooting the breeze for a little while talking about Market Garden Brewery and how they just released the new beer that I definitely I picked up a couple that I'd like to try as well. And uh, talking it's all one, kinds uh, of it's one, it's one that uh, hazy IPA. Yes, I was. I, I picked that up. I didn't. I didn't drink. I'm not drinking it tonight. I'm going to try it this weekend. Um, yeah, but, that's uh, the one I wanted to get. But yes, it's the first time I've ever gone to Warren Beverage, and they haven't had a beer that I wanted to get. First uh, time. Oh, so sad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, shout out to Cat for not only the great recommendation, but also just for talking beer for a little while. So I told her a little bit about the podcast. So we'll, we'll find out uh, if she listens. She said she listened. So Cat, if you are listening, thank you for for following me through. Uh, Shout out I did Cat. talk about it. Yeah, there we go. All right, boys. Jimmy. Um, not to disappoint you, uh, oh, I know God. we typically do Cleveland beers. I did a Columbus beer. Oh, see, see. Oh, no, that's fine. That's, yeah, that's oh, okay. So yeah, okay. that's fine. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I did. Mine was so, more fine. So, so I'm, I'm the only person that got a Cleveland beer. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I said I was going to get a, a sibling, I believe. Yeah, didn't make the trip to Market District. 
uh, and then geckos right around the corner, and I've pretty much cleared them out in terms of IPAs. I've tried them all <laughs> except this one. It is Brew Dogs Hazy Jane. It is a uh, New England style IPA. It is seven point two percent. They're based out of Canal Winchester, Ohio, which apparently is Columbus. Never been there. I've uh, been to Columbus, not this brewery before. Um, so I, I think I've had New England style IPAs before. I can't remember which is which, but uh, it's not bad. Very deceiving. I wouldn't think it's 7.2, but um, definitely hits you a little bit. You can feel it. So um, I like it a lot. Don't think I could drink it on like a hot summer day uh, for some like, you know, day party or whatever. But I think it's yard, nice to have one or two. Yard beers? It's not a yard beer? It's a darty beer. It's a darty beer. I don't know what that means. Come on, Dan. Um, Day party. Showing your age. Oh, okay. Jimmy. I really am. That one. I'm hip. I'm cool. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> Are you ready to get roasted? Uh-oh. So, Dan, if you remember uh, BrewDog, I, had, I made that same mistake thinking they were a Columbus beer. But oh, that's dog, right. Brew, Brew dog, and this is, I can't blame you because it's very confusing <laughs> on the can. That's right. Isn't it, isn't, it from, isn't it from jolly old England? No, yeah, it's actually from Scotland. So oh, Brew Scotland. Dog does have a brewery in Columbus. So oh. they brew it there. But they also have breweries throughout the world. They're like a weirdly large craft beer conglomerate that's, that's based out of Scotland. See, what do I know? So now we're, so now we're the All Things Worldly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're of the world, ladies and gentlemen. We're glo- uh, I'm not yeah. going to get into that. I was about to say we're globalists, but that's... <laughs> we are globalists. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're cultured. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry to do that to you, Jimmy, but it, it happened to me, and I did that before. I, it's very confusing. BrewDog markets itself like it's from the area, but it's not. But <laughs> I, it's, it's all right. It's I, like I said, my, beer. I mean, they make good beer. My I beer like knowledge is very limited. So <laughs> that's the uh, that, that's that's the beer that uh, me and my brother uh, had the uh, jalapeno IPA at the uh, beer fest, which didn't go down so smooth. So Dude, those jalapeno actually, IPAs actually in my, in my brother's case, it actually came back up. Shout out, Anthony. Ooh. Nice. Yikes. Uh, also, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Jordan, because that actually connects some dots for me. Because I don't know if any of you follow uh, Browns punter Jamie Gillen. Oh, uh, yeah. The Scott yeah. Hammer, the Hammer Instagram. He has, um, it was not that long ago, he got a massive shipment of Brewdog. It was a bunch of different beer. And it was just his story was him crushing different beers, like golfing and working out and all kinds of stuff. And now that makes a whole lot of sense that they are throwing some beer around to uh, yep. the, the Scottish Hammer. And actually, I have to come correct that Jalapeno IPA was Boss Dog Brewing, not Brew Dog. Mm. Oh, okay. I believe Boss Dog is uh, Eastside. Yeah, it's that, Eastside. Eastside yeah, Cleveland that. Heights, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry that yeah, I screwed that up. We're just we're nah, we're all over the place tonight. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So those are our beers of the week. Uh, anything that you guys out there, guys or gals, obviously, because you know, we have female listeners and we love them. Um. Yeah. Anything piqued your guys' interest? Go support these breweries and uh, get and drink their beer because it's delicious. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's continue right along here. And uh, ooh, new segment time. 
Should I introduce that, it? We're going that right now. Jimmy, take it away. <laughs> We've got a new segment. Yes. So, <laughs> what's, what's, what's the catch up? Yes. So, um, you know, my brilliant mind, uh, the producer that I am, uh, you know, we only do this podcast once a week and it's kind of later in the week uh, on Thursdays, but um, that might change in the future. Stay tuned. Uh, but anyways, we, we can have more breaking news. Yeah, more. Oh, we'll save that for another episode. We'll save that for another episode. Um, we might have to just release that on social media because we might not do another episode before that happens. <clears throat> Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, we do this once a week and uh, we tend to miss some big news and just, uh, you know, don't cover everything that we want to, especially when it's Cleveland related. So we have a new segment. It's called The Catch Up, where we catch up on things that are happening, whether they're local or. Uh, across the nation related to Cleveland somehow. So let's get right to it, guys. The the catch up, not not catch up, right? Not nope, to be confused. Nope, nope it's catch up. Oh, catch up. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's catch up. Right. Yeah. So Jordan, Jordan, not catch up. Not catch up. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so ready to start grilling some brats. Oh, so man. So let's catch up, boys. First things first. Let's do it. Let's do it. Former Browns uh, lineman Joe Thomas made an appearance on NBC's The Titan Games this past Sunday night uh, where he defeated CrossFitter firefighter Matt Chan, as I, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it, in yep. a not, not a dominating fashion because it was very close, but uh, it was a dominant performance in that sense. Yeah. He looked very posed and uh, very calm. So I'm not sure if you guys caught it or not, but I wanted to hear what you had to say. Yeah, I didn't see it live. Um, I definitely caught it on social media because everybody started retweeting it, and uh, I that was awesome. Um, and like you said, uh, it was he actually when they got to the end, he was gonna lose, but the dude like because his his arms were like jello, he couldn't get the key up and uh, uh, put it in the keyhole. Uh, like he missed when he tried to put it in there, and then Joe Thomas just went right in there and turned it, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But that was, dude, that was like, that guy is a Hall of Fame, soon to be Hall of Fame offensive lineman who is essentially uh, doing things that like, like no human being should be able to do in like a three minute or however long that was like stretch. Like everything that they were doing was insane. Yeah, he yeah. pushed that. uh the the thing that the part of the the whole thing was impressive, but there was one part where they gra- had to grab this like two hundred pound log and like walk it uphill. Yeah, and he grabbed it and walked with that thing like he was just taking groceries inside. Like it was yeah. literally like it was nothing. And he, I, I mean, if if you remember what Joe looked like from his playing days and compare it to what he looks like now, it's a remarkable. I mean, he is cut up. Oh yeah, he is in phenomenal shape. He probably and dropped, the fact that he was he probably dropped eighty pounds. Oh. Oh yeah, that's a definite safe bet. And the fact that he was keeping up with, uh, leading at times, and keeping up with you know this guy that's a you know a professional you know firefighter, but also CrossFitter, somebody who's in incredible cardio shape. Uh, you know, I, I think he definitely represented Lyman well, and he. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I was I was geeked. Out. I didn't watch it live either. I caught the. I was I was catching it on social media as well, and I was still super stoked. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, what was. Uh... What was your guys' favorite part of that course? Like for me, the most impressive one for me was when they had to like army crawl up one one level and then uh, crawl down the next level on top of it and then jump up on top another level and crawl back up and then crawl back down. 
uh, Joe Thomas, he tweeted a picture of his legs, and they were so chewed up from that part of the course. It was insane. Yeah, I would say for me, it's either that log that he – like the, the, the beam that he had to carry – or the the tail end where he had to drag that boulder and the hammer and the chain and then crack oh, yeah. through that concrete. The finishing, uh, the finisher on that course looked brutal. Yeah, um, I'd say those were my two favorite. Yeah, you could tell that they were both dead once they got to that sledgehammer when they had to uh, break the concrete slab to get the key. They were both dead. So yeah, that was uh, that's that's uh, the first part of the catch up. We got a couple more for you guys. So uh, strap in. Next up, um, Cleveland's annual 4th of July fireworks show called Light Up the Lake has been rescheduled for September 19th due to corona. So I want to get your thoughts on that. That's definitely disappointing. I'm not surprised. But if they can really redo it later in the year, that might be something to look forward to. But wow, what a disappointment because 4th of July is always a fun time. Yeah, honestly, I I had assumed fireworks, but you know. Yeah, honestly, I had assumed that uh, everywhere was just gonna cancel fireworks. To be honest with you, because like because like fireworks show is where everybody congregates together. Like if you think of uh think of the Lakewood show and how packed Lakewood mm-hmm. Park gets. Um, oh yeah, no, of course. It so makes I, sense. yeah. I'm I'm happy that they they rescheduled it. Hopefully they can do it in September. It's gonna feel really weird doing a Fourth of July fireworks show on September 19th. Like that's gonna be like what, you know? That's essentially gonna be an end of summer like celebration. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I I kind of reserved uh, my mindset to that they weren't gonna do Fourth of July fireworks. So the fact that they're still gonna try and do it later in the year is is uh, po- promising. And uh, it says that, you know, maybe by you know, the fall that, you know, we can we can do events like this, like firework shows where people can congregate, maybe not as many people or as close as we're used to, but at least get back to that some sort of normalcy. So. So we yeah. have one more for you guys. Uh, last one. Cavaliers Andre Drummond was spotted at a restaurant in Delray Beach, which is in Florida, which is where I was last week. Uh, but he tipped Delray, his waitress. Stand up. He tipped his waitress one thousand dollars, leaving her in tears of joy. That is an awesome thing to do. I love hearing stories like that. I feel like that would be something really fun to do if you had a lot of money. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's cool to see him do something like that because you know. What, the service industry isn't exactly, you know, people there aren't making big bucks <laughs> unless you're one of the owners of the restaurants or bars. So, yeah, that's a really awesome thing to see him do. Um, I always love to hear stories like that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be the one. Uh, it is a great thing that he did, but like Andre Drummond made twenty nine million dollars this year. Um, mm-hmm. He could have very easily given a thousand dollars to every single person on staff in that restaurant. But hey, yeah. good on him to give his waitress a thousand dollars. That's awesome. You know, yeah. hopefully that can help her pay her bills for a couple months. You know, so that's that's you know that's really cool. Um but yeah. Like 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 you said, like Jordan, um, you know, if we had the money to be able to do that, you know, that it would feel uh really cool. 
Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. I, tweet, I tweeted the other day, um, you know, even, even the littlest of things, and to Andre Drummond, this probably is the littlest of things because $1,000 to him is like a $5 bill to us. Um, gives me be- gives me more joy like a thousand times over than any gift that I could possibly receive. So, yeah, yeah that's that's really cool that Drummond did that. I know I love stories like that. Like when back when you know, like Kevin Love and his foundation donated money to you know Cavs employees and a bunch. We saw athletes across all sports yep. doing this left and right. And he was the first one to do that, though. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Love was way on top of that, which was he awesome was to see yeah. and. Mad, mad respect and you know things like this i know um chad johnson you know former football player he's he's i've seen him tweet out you know that he's done stuff like this in the past as well where he likes to tip real generous and it's just you know it's great that these guys get to be a blessing to somebody out there especially during a time like this when it's especially uh scary for folks in terms of paying bills so good on him man that's awesome absolutely, absolutely. and that's the catch-up folks stay tuned for next week uh I think this is going to stick around for a while. So. I like it. I like yeah, it. Look at this dude, guy. I, I, this guy, I mean, first week, first week of back in his – sorry, Jordan, go ahead. No, that's fine. I was just going to say, Jimmy, great idea. I enjoyed this, and I look forward to the stories you're going to bring up because you uh, are a very creative person, I feel. So, look at oh, this. First, first week back in his old job, and he's just piping out content. Content, content, <laughs> content. That's right. All that's right. what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, so, uh, it looks like sports are trying to come back. Uh, we've kind of tiptoed around these issues. Uh, we've gotten called out a little bit by our most loyal of listeners about how you know we're not doing a deep enough dive into this. So, uh, maybe tonight's the uh, night that we do a little more deep dive. Uh, Nothing like throwing our new co-host right into the fire, huh? <laughs> yeah. Let's get All it. Right. Uh, Jordan, real quick. Uh, yeah. We do have a sport that's – they haven't announced the exact date, but the NHL is the first sport to have said that for sure they're coming back. They have a plan in right. place. They announced the plan. They don't know exactly what day because of protocols that you know are right. still going on and you know all that – stuff um but the nhl made the announcement so jordan uh do you quickly want to go through yeah. uh kind of what the announcement was and you know we're not we're not huge nhl fans but you know we root like heck for the blue jackets uh I our buddy that. jordan down in columbus red wings fan here Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. if i had um, the sound effects i would play the, the goal <laughs> Hey, now you told me you used to like the Red Wings in the nineties. Well, that that's that that was when we didn't literally didn't have a team in Ohio. Also true. Literally before there was a team here. Um, as soon as the blue, as soon as we got a team in Columbus, I switched. That's that's fair. I get that. Uh, uh, so yeah, the NHL. I, I got to clarify. It's the first American sport to return. Yeah, sorry, American sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bundesliga. And Korean baseball is going on already. Yeah, so Bundesliga is back, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah we, are playing, we are playing soccer again. My, my uh, Dortmund lost. I got blanked the other day. Sorry, not the point. Oh, yo. Oh, is that, yo, is yo, that yo, your yo. team? Ryan, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to talk about this. They're my Bundesliga team as well. Yeah, oh, same. Why? Oh, for sure. Why? Because they, they have Holland. 
No, no, no. <laughs> I, I actually fell in love with Dortmund as my Bundesliga team when they won the league. Uh, I do back to back a few years. I agree with you. And they have one of the best stadium atmospheres in the entire world. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I hate Liverpool, but I love Jurgen Klopp and Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp at Dortmund was amazing. Oh, he he revolutionized them yeah. for, for that's recent where, years. Recent that's years. where Pulisic played until he went over to Chelsea. And that was uh, my son. Claudio Reyna's uh, son Gio. Yeah, uh, Reyna is 17 years old, and he was playing in a Bundesliga game for Dortmund. Uh, I think this past weekend. Um, and so yeah, have- I get it. They have one of the hottest, and you mentioned Highland, whatever his name is, I forgot. But they have uh, er- Erling Holland, Holland, one of the hottest stars in the world right now. He yeah, is, he is a, he is a, he is a rocket ship. <laughs> Anyways, we're not talking about Bundesliga. Yeah. We're talking about the NHL. It um it officially announced that they're scrapping the regular season, and they're jumping straight into the playoffs. So. I didn't realize this. They actually had a good chunk of games still to play. They had 189 regular season games to play still. That would have been from March 12 to April 4. And so they're scrapping all those. And to, I guess, in their attempt to make it fair so that you can determine who the bubble teams are and whatnot, they're inviting the 24 best teams in either conference. I'm sorry, 12, uh, 24 teams in total. Yeah, uh, twelve from each conference who are the best teams by points. They go by a point system in the NHL. Yeah, they're they're, going... they're they're essentially inviting the teams that within the last like ten games that they still had to play yeah. could have possibly made up the amount of points to make the that's, playoffs. So the teams, I I think we're going to see a similar thing in the NBA where like teams that had no shot of making the playoffs, yeah. they're not even going to bother to bring to Orlando. But right. yeah, that's the that so, I think I think that's the thinking behind the twenty four teams. Correct. It's still a little crazy though because yeah. So before I get into why it's a little crazy, so the way it's going to work is each conference is going to have a hub city, and it's going to literally be one city, uh, and uh, as opposed to like a whole bunch. So it's similar to what other American leagues are discussing, like the NBA, but hub city that has secure hotels and arena practice facilities and an in-market and in-market transportation. So essentially whatever city's chosen, there's going to be like this whole city within a city. That's the NHL yep. in that city. So it's going to be yep. interesting. Um, and they are, so there's four phases. Phase one's actually going on right now. That's been phase, phase one has been going on since they shut down temporarily. So phase two is the next major step. That is they said it begins in early June. They didn't give a date, but they said early June. So very, very soon. And phase two is teams can return to their home ranks for voluntary training. Phase three begins, quote, not earlier than the first half of July. And this is going to be formal training camps, uh, when formal training camps can officially begin. Phase four has no official time frame at all, not even a ballpark, but it would consist of Seeding round robins, a qualifying round, and a conference-based Stanley Cup playoffs. So not to take too much time, but I do want to bounce into that a little bit. Uh, that would consist of a competitive format. So it would be around the top four teams play for first round seeding, uh, regular season overtime rules in effect. There's going to be a qualifying round, and the remaining eight teams are going to play best of five series to advance to the first round of the playoffs. So they're essentially giving the top four teams are playing just for seeds. 
uh, in a round robin. And then the remaining eight teams are going to be playing actual five-game series to make the playoffs. And then you have the first and second round. And then you have the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals. Um, the last thing I really want to mention be- before I open it up for any thoughts is there's going to be two hub cities. The final cities that they, they're narrowing down as of now are Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Ontario, and Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, so those are the final cities that they're narrowing down right now. So we could potentially have an Ohio City be a hub city. Yeah, uh, that would be awesome if Columbus could uh, host it. Um, it would make sense. Uh, the, one of the biggest things that they have to think about is ice time for all these teams. So you have to have a lot of ice rinks in close vicinity of the city that you're going to play in. So uh, I know uh, there's two ice rinks at Ohio State that they can use. Uh, they have the main the main rink at Nationwide, and I know there's a practice rink at Nationwide. Right. Um, in the ice house, which is, I think, their practice facility. Um, so there, there's a lot of ice available for all these teams to be able to practice and play and do all this kind of weird stuff um, in this weird time. So I think that's something to think about, and I think that's one of the reasons why Columbus is appealing to the NHL. Um, it's also a Midwestern-ish enough city uh, to where teams traveling, it kind of makes it fair for everybody. Um Teams flying in from the West Coast, teams flying from the East Coast. Uh, obviously, the East Coast is closer, but um, it just seems seems uh, seems better that way. I, I, ho- I hope I hope Columbus gets it. I, I think oh, that would be awesome. Weird. Do you guys think it's a little weird they're only going to do one city per conference? I, I was actually – I thought they were going to split up into maybe like two or three cities per conference – and kind of do that but it makes sense logist i mean it makes sense to be in one city i'm just confused how all the games and practices are going to be played i guess yeah i i wonder what the the i wonder what the legit reasoning is for these hub cities i i if it's if it's because they want to play games quicker and get more games in in a shorter amount of time then i understand that and i'm all for that um I don't think it really makes a difference, like if you consider like the virus. Right. Like if that's I, so I'm thinking the reason is like they want to play, they want to be able to play a lot of games. Like, be okay, you guys have a game today. You're coming over from the hotel and you're gonna play this team, and they're they're all in one spot rather than trying to have teams fly around. Um, right, and that does make sense. Um, and I guess like, if they, like you could probably fit like four or five maybe maybe four or five maybe four games in a row if you start at like noon or one and just burn yeah. i guess you have to keep cleaning that ice and whatnot and there's no fans they have to worry about so they can right. just run the games by real that, fast. yeah i mean that's why like like for the virus's sake uh, the, the hub city doesn't make sense to me because in any city you play in everything's going to be quarantined like there's not going to be any fans in any of the games so it doesn't right. like, matter like that's why that's why like for the nba like I kind, I mean, I get it because of the travel, and it makes sense that way. But uh, man, I know if baseball comes back, they're going to be playing in home cities without fans. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's a topic we're going to get into. I said if baseball comes back because it looks right. dicey right now. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that right now. I mean, there's really nothing else to say about the NBA. It's very similar to what the NHL is probably. Uh, yeah, the, the only similar to what the NHL is going to do if right. it comes the only thing I'm interested in is uh, I read that the NBA, they're thinking of doing uh, World Cup style uh, group stages for like the first round. That would be playoffs, pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Which I think that would be pretty cool if you did. Well, right. Because yeah. the current proposal, well, I don't even know if it's an official proposal, but the latest like insider rumor that I heard was that the top eight teams from each conference were going to get in, and then those four bubble teams in the West were going to get in. Uh, because there's that cluster. It's it, the Grizzlies are in the eight seed, and then there's like four teams all in a row, right on their heels. Um, and yeah, you could do five groups of of four, World Cup style, you know, tournament play, which I think would be yeah. would be kind of fascinating. I, you know, how, how interesting would that be, man? That would be like that would be like the wild, wild west, dude. Because it would yeah, be. You could, you could potentially have number one seeds bowing right. out. A bad right. Tournament. Oh, because like. Teams like the Lakers, like they're used to in the first round of the playoffs, like playing a team like the Grizzlies, who, you know, the Grizzlies are a nice up and coming team, but they would have no shot against the Lakers no. in a seven game series. No, now, now you're gonna you're gonna be it's gonna be like the Lakers for for Jordan's sake, the Lakers, the Rockets, yeah, the uh, Jazz and the Grizzlies, or you know, team from the East, like I don't know. Whatever. The heat or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a team like that. Like and you gotta play those teams in the first round. Like that's that's like legit and that's c- compelling. I mean it's awesome in the World Cup when, when you get like these uh you get like the, the top echelon teams and then like because there's only so many groups, some of these other really, really good teams get pushed down into the pot too. And they get like you'll see like England get thrown in with France in a group and then they have to play each other sometimes to figure out who's going to move on to the next round. And that's like, that's what makes the world cup like incredible. So yeah. I, I, I think, I'm with that. I think more, I think most, maybe not most, I think more fans would like the appeal of the world cup group situation. Like we're talking about a lot of what I have read and seen is that silver is Adams. The commissioner, Adam silver is very in favor of taking the top 16 teams from across the entire league, regardless of conference. And that seems to be the other leading proposal at the moment that say, forget East and West. We're going to go one to 16 and we're going to figure it out. We're going to, we're going to do our bracket from there. That seems to be the other talking point. I I mean, that that makes sense because if you're going to do these hub cities where you're just going to bring the top teams, like, you know, that makes sense. And honestly, that would that probably will end up being what they're going to do because if that's what the commissioner wants, he's probably going to get what he wants. And the World Cup thing seems a little too cockamamie to uh, put in in such a like short time. Like Honestly, I, I know that Adam Silver wants to change up the NBA schedule drastically. I, yeah. know, he yep. wants, I know he wants a midseason tournament, kind of like Champions League with uh, European soccer. Um, you know, he wants he wants these different style games to uh, to freshen up the league a little bit, and uh, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, you know what else is interesting? What's, What's going to go on with the MLB this year? Oh God! <laughs> if big if, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. That's my gut. 
my gut's telling me it's not going to happen. Yeah, you don't, you don't think they're going to play? I, I don't know enough about the details, but I know from history, like in 94 and, and a few other years, when the owners and the players start talking money, it usually it's usually drastic what happens. And I, right. I, I and the, every player seems to be like, nope. And every owner seems to be like, nope. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's yeah. I, man, I, as, as, as bad as it looks right now, I still think this is all posturing because they haven't come to their hard deadline yet. And I think, I think they, there's no official deadline, but I think I read somewhere that somebody said next week sometime is when like baseball feels like they need to have a plan in place to come back or else, uh, you know, it's not even going to be worth it to come back because they'll be so far into the season at that point. I will say, I, I think baseball is going to come back uh, simply because there are number one the 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 league is hemorrhaging money. Like we all know that. Yeah. Um, and as as much of a hard line stance as the players want to take, there are way too many players in baseball that don't make uh, life changing money. There are so many players in base, like, like, okay, to us, $500,000 a year is life-changing money. But I'm saying, like, there are so many players that don't make 10 or above million dollars to where they can't just not, not take a salary in a year and be okay. You, you know, I think this is – baseball's fascinating because they have, across American sports, probably the strongest union. and For sure. And – They've they've had they've had these you know head to heads with ownership in years past you know Jordan you mentioned ninety four and yeah you know I I know what you're saying Dan but my thing is if I'm a professional athlete especially if I'm a baseball player and I know that I've got a four five six year window to make money I am very reluctant to take a crappy deal in the short term now that could also set up future precedent for future CBA negotiations. And so I I don't know what folks, and we can get into the details about different proposals and the back and forth between the the owners and the players in terms of revenue sharing and all that. But my thought is, you know, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. You're right that players, probably the majority of players need some kind of salary, but the owners are looking at losses of billions with a B. And I think that they're going to get more spooked if, you know, next week when this, you know, soft deadline of sorts kind of rolls around and there's no deal in place. I think that they're going to, I think that the, I feel like owners might balk before players do. Sure. And that very well could be true. Um, I, I just, I just think eventually once you get to the deadline, there's, they're going to come to, they're going to have a come to Jesus moment, like whichever side it is. And it could end up being both sides. Um, that says, "Hey, we need to get a deal done because we need we need this revenue. We need a season. Uh, we can't just not play a season, especially when you know summer is uh, is baseball time. Summer is in normal years. The NBA has ended. The NHL has right. ended. Football hasn't right. started. Uh, baseball is the only game in town in the summer. So for them to see the NBA and the NHL restart their leagues." in the same time frame that they're supposed to normally be playing unopposed and they're just flat out not going to play 
like baseball already has issues with uh, attendance at games and uh, just honestly fan interest in the sport. Um, the MLB has no idea how to market their stars. Uh, I, I guarantee you, like if Mike Trout were to walk into a restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, just randomly, nobody would know who the hell he was. Maybe uh-huh. maybe a couple people would know who he was. Right. Uh, and he's widely considered the best baseball player alive. If you know, we don't have to get into the NBA because the NBA markets their stars better than any other league. So oh, like, so, well. so the best NBA player. Uh, so if LeBron James walks into a restaurant, people are gonna know who he is. I mean, LeBron James could walk into a you know a restaurant on any continent, and people yeah. would know who he, who he is. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let alone you know you know a baseball player here in the states, you know, being largely unrecognizable. So mainly what I, what I'm saying, and I think this actually kind of maybe maybe agrees with your point, uh, Ryan, with the owners and the teams uh, coming to the table first. You know, once once uh, you know we get to a rock and a hard place, is you know the NBA has to or the MLB has to recognize that. Uh, while they still call themselves the, the national pastime, like that doesn't mean you're the biggest dog in the fight anymore when it comes to the sports. Like football has passed you by, basketball, the NBA has passed you by. Right. Like yep. baseball, baseball is struggling from a marketing standpoint with uh, interest. Not <laughs> not as many kids are playing baseball growing up anymore. Um. Which is, you know, which is fascinating because if you're a, a young person with athletic talent and an interest in sports, arguably the best lead to go make your money would be baseball. Right. They have, right. Like you said, they have no idea how to market their stars. They have PR nightmare after nightmare. Like they can't get out of their own way. And I don't know what to do because you're right. Like, you know, America's pastime is is not baseball anymore. You know, you could call it that for nostalgia's sake, but. It is absolutely not. It's a clear third place after football and basketball. Um, Right. I mean, they have. There's even times, I don't know if the numbers add up to what I'm about to say, but there's even times where I feel like the NHL playoffs cause more buzz than some of the MOB. You know know what? You know what happens, Jordan, when you talk about numbers in baseball? (laughs) You know what happens? What? You don't want to go on to Twitter the next day if you oh, don't yeah. if you mess hey, up your numbers in baseball. Speaking of which, Taco Paul, if there's anything that we're getting wrong, or if you, I'm super curious your opinion on if you think there's going to be any baseball this year. So, I expect, yeah, he's, uh, I expect to hear from you. Well, oh, he he uh, he's one of our uh, best listeners. Shout out! Oh, absolutely. shout out, Paul. Um, and he has yeah, really yeah. embraced. He, I gotta he, say, uh, he, he made really he made sure he made his uh, he made his uh, he made his presence known on the last time we talked about uh, baseball and whether they were going to come back or not. When uh, yeah. when we were talking about three and four hundred million dollar contracts and uh, salary yeah. cat or uh, team salaries and all that stuff. So yeah, so I I'm yeah. sure I would love to hear his opinion. So I'm looking forward to hearing him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, we would have had him on the show say, if, if we could do this yeah, thing in person. Absolutely. And and shout out to Taco Paul, by the way. He's such a Cleveland guy now. I know he's 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 a twin fan. house, man. Been all over the place. But he's uh, he's really embraced the city. And, yeah, he bought a house in Cleveland now. So, congrats. 
and uh, looking forward to getting a beer with you soon, hopefully. So, yeah. Well, uh, here's so. Did you want to talk MLB? Did you want to talk about MLB? Uh, you know, salary numbers, or did we want to? Did we want to move this thing along? Because I, I, well, no, I, I thought just, it was interesting. I just think it's interesting how the the owners keep moving the goalposts, and I think it's interesting how they keep doing sure. it through the media. And it's so yeah, well, a common. That's, yeah, that's what they're gonna do. You know, yeah, I get it, and that's that's a tactic, and it's it's not the first time we've seen that, and it won't be the last. Right. So I, I, the narrative that I see a lot of on social media is. People are upset that millionaires and billionaires are squabbling over dollars, period, let alone during a pandemic. And I right, get right. it. I, I understand the optics of that are not great. But yeah. in most situations, I would typically lean on the side of a labor in, in terms of negotiations. That's just, again, personally how I think and operate. Sure. And so initially, quietly, behind the scenes, the league – you know, owners and players were talking about prorated salaries. So whatever percentage of games we play, that's what percentage of your salary you'll get. That sounds super reasonable, especially in a league that's as dependent upon ticket sales and, you know, in, you know, merchandise and food and all that stuff like baseball is cool. Well, then it turned into a 50, 50 split. And that's not quite as even Steven as things sounds because the league is going to make such so fewer dollars than they were previously expecting to, the players were going to take a hit in a greater sense. So, okay, now we're having some disputes. I can understand. Do we know what the original revenue split is in a like normal baseball season? I I do not. I don't know what I don't know what normal is. No, I just know that the recent one of the proposals was 50/50 revenue sharing. I don't know what it currently is. I mean, I I don't know. That's a good I mean, just I don't I'm not sure what that would be. We could look that one up. Yeah, I just I'm um, I'm interested to see what what it is in a normal year compared to like the uh the 50/50. Mhm. Um, well, the thing is, revenue is going to be down because of ticket sales and all that. But there is still plenty of money that's being made outside of ticket sales. I, I, people talk about baseball making money off of tickets, and that is true. But they make about three and a half or four billion dollars out of a total of about eleven or twelve. And I know I'm spitballing those numbers, but it's somewhere in the twenty-ish to twenty-five percent revenue range. And so it's, it's a sizable amount of money, but it's not all of the money coming in. And so for owners to say, well, we're going to be screwed without people in seats, you know, again, not to sneeze at 20 to 25% of your income, but there's still a lot of money that's coming in outside of, uh, of ticket sales. And so I just, I don't know, it feels disingenuous to, to talk about that because owners are the ones who want to, during normal contract negotiations, say, we're taking on all the financial risk. And so, you know, we should make more of the money. And now, in during pandemic time, the owners are expecting players to take more and more of cuts. And this is, by the way, not even considering the fact that a recent proposal from the owners would see some of the base, uh, baseball's highest earners take up to 70% pay cuts. So uh, ESPN's Jeff Passan tweeted out a proposal share, like breaking down how much money you normally would make and then how much money you would make under the owner's current proposal. And if you make $35 million, you would uh, normally, you would make $7.84 million. 
this coming year. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, those are absurd sums of money and no one is going to pretend otherwise, but I'm a big believer in know your worth and know your value. And at the end of the day, we're talking about billionaires who are trying to pinch pennies, like laying off like minor league team, you know, systems. We were talking about that the other day. Like think about how silly it sounds to somebody like the owner of the Oakland A's who's worth $2 billion not wanting to pay his minor leagues, uh, minor league system guys, their million dollars in some, it's like to, to, you know, to you or I, that's, you know, it's chump change. And it's just, I don't know. I'm going down a, a, a rabbit hole here, but it just seems it's a bad look for baseball across the board. And for me, it just, it falls more on the owners than it does the players. Cause the owners are billionaires. Players have, approximately a four or five year window to make whatever they can make before they have to transition out of professional sports into whatever career they want to have next. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess the one question that I had for you was, um, so what, what would be, and without getting into the nuts and bolts of it, what would be an acceptable breakdown for you that, the players could agree to that the owners could present just just trying to play devil's advocate because like like you said and i totally agree with you asking a a player that is supposed to make 35 million dollars to make seven and a half like in and play and still play half the games like that doesn't add up but right if you look at it to me if i'm a baseball owner and we're only going to play half our games uh, so immediately you're taking away half of all revenue that's gone. Half of all revenue we were supposed to make for that season is gone. Plus the ticket revenue that we would normally make for those 82 games is also gone. So in, in the interest of fairness for me, saying that an, all MLB players should make half of what they would normally make in a season because they're only going to play half the games is screwing over the owners. And I get it. They're billionaires. They can afford to take a hit. But if you're running a business and you're looking at the bottom line, paying somebody half of half of a return you were supposed to get when you're not actually going to see that half of the return is still a major loss in my eyes. So while I, I, I agree that base like, and, and the owners were the ones that made this public, that's clear because all the players have said we had previously agreed to a prorated, you know, salary agreement. We agreed to it. And then the owners went and made it public because, you know, they decided, Hey, Let's try and get a little bit more from the players. I agree with that. Bad tactics. Like, it makes the owners look terrible. I guess for me, I can sort of see the owner's standpoint is to like for um, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole signed a $36 million a year contract with the New York Yankees. So you would think if they're going to play 81 games instead of 162 naturally Garrett Cole should probably make 18 million this year, half of 36, but the owners aren't going to get a normal 
share of the half season revenue because you're not we're not allowed to have fans in the stands. And they do have large most teams have large uh, TV contracts except for the Indians because they're stupid, but that's neither here nor there. More than any other sport, baseball relies on gate sales and concession sales and team shop sales and all that stuff for their bottom line. So if, if, if MLB teams aren't seeing that for 82 games or 81 games, that's a really big hit, no matter how much money they're bringing in for their games being on TV. So I don't think it's fair from an owner's standpoint for – uh, player to say, hey, I'll just take half my salary this year because we're playing half the games. That I mean, that's just me. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think I still go back to the fact that these owners are billionaires and they don't have the career window that a player does. And at the end of the day, you're a sports you know, franchise owner. You are assuming that risk. It's a this is I mean, this this stuff the whole COVID thing falls under like the act of God type of thing. Like no one could have seen this coming. No one could have, you know, no one worked with this kind of plague type stuff into their contracts. And, and I get it. It sucks. But yeah. at the end of the day for me, and I, I, nothing that you said sounds unreasonable to me. And like, I, I hear you. It just, I think I fall on the other side of it in that you as a billionaire franchise owner are assuming this risk. And if it bites you in the ass, Okay, that sort of sucks, but I'm not going to put that on, you know, uh, a, a 23, 24, 25-year-old guy who just finally got out of the you know, minors, who made it to the league, signed a contract, and then this first year doesn't get to play because of coronavirus. For sure. me, I, I lean towards, you know, a prorated uh, salary. You know, you play whatever percentage of games you play, that's the percentage of your salary that you make. If you want to have some negotiation, I feel I feel like if if players were to say that owners were to counter with, okay, but we're not selling tickets, I think that's the point where you can have good faith negotiations. I think yeah. what the owners recently proposed with up to seventy percent, sixty fifty percent salary reductions across the board for these upper tier players, I feel like that is that's that was in poor taste and that was just a slap in the face. I think if they can come back to some sort of middle ground in between what you and I are talking about, I think that's where a deal gets done. And I think that would be yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I, um, is, it, is it fair? Is it fair? Real quick. Is it fair sure. to ask that both the players and the owners need to step up? Absolutely. Is that a fair thing, that a fair thing to ask? Absolutely. Because I, I agree. Honestly, I'm torn. I see both sides. Ryan's side makes sense, but Dan, you also make a lot of sense too in that, you know, it just may, it makes sense to ask both the owners and the players to understand they're going to have to take a cut this year. Uh, right. Right. Cause they're not playing in 160. Both sides, games, yeah. Right. right. Both sides yeah. need to make concessions. This isn't like, yeah. this isn't yeah. like, Hey, it's like, like the pandemic is, is nobody's fault. Like it's not either. So right. it can't be like, Oh, it's your fault. So you have to pay us like our entire salary. Like, no, both sides need to make concessions. I where I agree with the players is is I think that they at at first they tried to make uh, good faith negotiations behind the scenes so that this didn't get ugly in the public eye. Unfortunately, however, it got out. I'm sure it was the one of the owners leaking it to somebody in the media. Uh, it got out, and 
it originally made it look like the players were complaining that they would have to take pay cuts in a, you know, in a pandemic season when people are losing their jobs and people are taking furloughs and pay cuts and all that. So originally it made the players look bad, but since this has drawn on longer, you got to stop and think, well, Hey, and you start to see these proposals that the owners are now making, thinking that they have the players in a corner because they're kind of, you know, in a bad light in the public eye. Um, it, uh, it's interesting. I, I just, I, I, to me, it's more, it's more, it's not as black and white as saying we're going to play 81 games. We usually play 162 games. That's half the game. So we get at least half of our salary. Um, I will say this, this is something I thought about as we were talking about this. I, another reason why I think it's going to be imperative for the, for the players to, uh, accept ultimately, hopefully, like you said, Ryan, in good faith, they come to a good agreement. Um, if there's no season this year, the amount of lost revenue, you look at some of these players that are going to come up as free agents. Like we have one in Cleveland named Francisco Lindor who Uh sees the contracts that these players have been getting in free agency over the last few years. (laughs) I'm sorry, Frankie, but you're not getting that contract, that contract offer next year. And if you lose an entire season of baseball and these owners lose what's being reported as $4 billion total, if they don't play this year, uh, you're going to see free agent contracts, not only in the total amount per year, but I also think the length of contracts are going to go way down. Yeah, because we're not going to see we're not going to see another ten year, three hundred million plus dollar deal for a while. That's no. for sure. And that's even if they play a full, uh, an eighty one game season this year or a hundred game season this year. There's too much money that's been lost uh, for teams to go spending willy-nilly in free agency next year. It's just not going to happen. So what's interesting, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Jeff Passan was on ESPN Cleveland. No, it was Buster Olney, actually. He was on ESPN Cleveland last week, and he said, I think you're going to see a lot of these potential free agents go back to the teams that they're playing for and are going to be like, you know, it's not going to be as simplistic as this, but they're going to be like, okay, um, we're ready to talk contract extension. What can you offer? We'll take it. You know, Uh I think Uh with, with a guy like Frankie Lindor, you got to think like, even if they play games this season, the financial ramifications, like if they play games this season, the the MLB is still going to lose a ton of money uh, because they're not going to have any, any, uh, they're not going to have any fans in the stands. They're, they're going to lose all those gates. So it's going to take the MLB pro, like multiple years to recover from that to where they could possibly be as financially strong as they were last year before this all happened. So it's not even, it's not even going to be just this year where we're not going to see teams throwing around money like left and right. I think it's going to be a few years where we're not going to see that. So I think you could see see players like Lindor or you know any of these other players that are coming up for free agency, Mookie Betts, that go back to the teams that they're on and say, "Hey, let's talk about a three to four year deal, uh, you know, for X amount of dollars, and then we'll revisit free agency when hopefully the league is in a better financial uh, setting." So I, I think I think the players have 
more to lose in the future as well with free agency and earning power and earning ability uh, with Major League Baseball because uh, teams are not just going to throw around money when they're hemorrhaging money this season because they're not playing. So if they don't play any games this year, uh, free agency is going to suck for players the next few years. If they play 80, 81 games, it's it's still it's not going to be as, as good as it once was. So, you know, you talk about that 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 earning window that they have. They also have to think about that because for every day that the owners don't make you know lose this money that they're losing, and reports say that Major League Baseball is losing like forty million dollars a day. Owners are losing forty million dollars a day collectively. Uh, wow. For every day they don't play, <laughs> that's millions and millions of dollars that these players are not going to earn as free agents. So it's just another thing to think about if you're a player. That's certainly true. And that's, and see, this is what tough is when you're looking at a league that has, you know, for every, you know, Max Scherzer and Mike Trout and, you know, uh, Nolan Arenado, there's a hundred different guys that make, you know, league minimum or just above league minimum. When you have a league that that has such disparity between contracts uh, values, it's tough, you know, like I don't envy like the MLB players associations, player rep or reps or, you know, union leaders. There's not an easy group to try to negotiate for. And so exactly you're, you're not wrong in that you obviously have to think about this year. If you want to play, not playing for what you believe is an unfair amount of your value because here's the thing, value is a tricky thing, and and this is definitely you know uh, another rabbit hole to go down sometime. You're worth what the market says you're worth. That's how this works. You know, you could be the best at what you do in this world, but if nobody cares about that thing you do, you're not worth financially a whole lot. And so, at the end of the day, if the owners next year say, "Hey, guess what? Whether we played half a season, a quarter of a season, no season, we took such losses." We're not giving out contracts more than X dollars. That's going to be something the players have to think about. And it's, right. you know, and, and the, that and could teams, be. Yeah. And these teams can do that because they know that uh, every other team in the league is hurting just like they are. So if they tell, if they tell one of their free agents, like if the Indians tell Frankie Lindor, you know, let's say that the Indians offered Frankie a 10 year, $200 million contract, and they're just, and Frankie's just like, no, I can go get. I can go get $350 million from somebody else. And then they come back and the Indians are like, well, we're, we can't even offer you that much because of what's, what's going on. There's a pretty good chance that no other team's going to offer him that contract either because of the you know financial ramifications of what's going on right now. Teams aren't just going to throw out these giant contracts. So yep. we could see a situation where, you know, Frankie comes back to the Indians and says, Hey, you know, Let's let's work on a three-year deal. Hopefully, the economics of baseball are better in three years, and either we can work out a long-term extension, or you know, I can go get what I feel like I'm worth. Because it's like like right. what you said, like like it's you you get what somebody is willing to pay you. So I mean, you look at a guy like Yasiel Puig right now; he's not on a team. Like baseball, right. base he. Baseball started spring training before everything was shut down, and he was not on a major league roster. And this is Yasiel Puig, who's made all-star games. 
And I would argue baseball is better with him in it for for his talent and the intrigue that he brings to the game. But you're right. You know, if he's it's the same thing we're seeing in um, in, in, in football right now with Jadavian Clowney. He thinks he's worth 20 million dollars a year. I don't, yeah, teams disagree. And so, you know, yeah, you it's tough when you think you're worth X and, oh, you know, teams think you're worth Y. It can lead to, you know, weird situations. And you're right. Free, current free agents or, or or guys with deals that are about to expire the next yeah. couple of years in the wake of of not playing games or it's about to be very weird. And we're going to see some yeah. unique contracts for sure. Yeah. And, li- and like you said, um, with regards to uh, the Players Association, how tough it is going to be to handle the players. You know, we've heard a lot a lot of the blowback from the players on these owners' proposals are mostly players who have good standing in the league and have made a buttload of money, like Max Scherzer, uh-huh. who came um, I don't know how much Blake Snell makes because he pitches for the Rays and they generally don't pay their players. So I don't know, I don't know if he's hit that first big payday yet. But there, there's other players that I'm I'm not really thinking. Trevor Bauer's a guy that's been outspoken Trevor about it. Um, Our own guy Clevenger, Mike Clevenger, is talking some pretty serious Twitter talk. Off on Twitter on some fans, which he's not wrong with what he was tweeting. But dude, why are you tweeting that at Joe Schmo on Twitter? Like, who cares? But I I don't disagree with what his tweets uh, said. But anyway, uh. I do think when push comes to shove, uh, a lot of the players that don't make in that higher echelon of salaries uh, are not going to feel like they're going to be able to go an entire season without bringing in a paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, if you're if you're yeah. if you're a player with with uh, I think it's six or less years of experience or something like that, like. You know, once I, I don't know, I don't know what the numbers are with like major league service and times and arbitration, and all that. But let's say you haven't gotten arbitration yet, and you're not starting to make more and more money, like Frankie has the last few years, and you're and you're making like minimum salary, which minimum salary in baseball, I don't know the exact number, but it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like any, all four of us would kill to make that kind of money, but. When you're living a lifestyle that equates to you bringing in five hundred, like if, like if I was making five hundred thousand dollars a year, I wouldn't be renting a duplex in Lakewood, Ohio. Uh, I I would have a couple th- couple hundred thousand dollar house in a nice neighborhood. So it, it's all relative. So to me, if I was making, if I'm a five hundred thousand dollar a year baseball player, I can't go without a paycheck for a year. I just can't do it. So I think there's going to be a lot of players that when push comes to shove, they're going to be like, are going to be looking up at these big money free agents and be like, hey, bro, uh, are you going to pay for my bills this year when you vote down this proposal? Because I can't afford to not play. You know, I, yeah, I again, it, it, it's hard to, I guess, you know, that's that's what I that's, why I, that's why I think event like eventually yeah. I think they're going to come to some sort of agreement because. Like you said, there are owners, there are owners that can't afford to not, not play games this season. Yeah, it just they look at the fact that they'll lose four billion dollars as a league, and they crap their pants, even though they're worth billions of dollars. They just see, 
you know, guys like that that are billionaires, all they see are spreadsheets. And if the bottom line is in the red, they freak out, even though they have $3 billion in the bank. So, <clears throat> yes, I, I, I think I think there will be a group of owners that pull the rest of the group of owners to the table. And I think there's going to be a group of players that pull the rest of the group of players to the table. And I think kicking and screaming, I think eventually they're going to get some sort of a deal done. Right now, I mean, I should... yeah, but... it doesn't look good right now, but I definitely hope so. I mean, I, 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 I want baseball, I, baseball's, man. yeah, man. I, I've joked about it before. I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> I would kill to pay 30 bucks for a hot dog and a beer right now, man. Oh, I would I just same attitude. And I know Jordan is the same yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, yeah, dude. I want to. I, I want that I haven't had a brat and oh. and a Great Lakes of some Great Lakes draft from uh, the ball from uh, the ballpark is just crazy. So I want to buy you know cheap cheap ass me. I want to buy that fifteen dollar district ticket, but then yeah, I want to go buy a twelve dollar Prosperity Market Garden and go get like. A couple hot dogs, not dollar dogs, because we all know how that ends up with me. <laughs> but, so one of those, some of those awesome all beef dogs that are like four seventy five. Get a couple of those and a twelve dollar beer. You spend about twenty two bucks, and I am good to go. I hate the fact that I can't do that right now. It's gonna be June by the time we record yeah. our episode next week, and none of us have been to a baseball game since last summer. Just feels wrong. Stop. Yeah, it's weird. So whatever it, whatever it is, whoever it is that comes to the table, owners, players, both, just get something done. Like bring baseball back, and and you know we understand that we're probably not even going to be able to get to go to baseball games. But like, I want to be able to go to uh, a bar and sit on the patio and watch the Indians play. I don't want to go to a bar and sit on the patio and watch freaking. Uh, 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 what's the Korean baseball or, okay, no. or like, or like or, random, or, random reruns from games from like five years oh, ago. Or God, something. they played, they played a uh, game seven of the world series on uh, like Fox uh, the other day. Like that hurt. I can't. Yeah. And people yeah. are like, Oh, just, just watch it until Raja hits his home run in the eighth inning and then turn it off. Like, no, because I know how that game ended and I know we yeah, lost the world series because of a stupid freaking rain delay. And, Cubs, and, and Cub, Cubs players uh, like uh, Anthony Rizzo said specifically, he said, dude, if that rain delay doesn't happen, we don't win that game. We lost the World Series championship because of a mother effing rain delay. <sighs> man, man Anyways, we need new baseball. Yeah, baseball. yeah, we need baseball back, man, because <laughs> for sure. Something, dude, something. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's that's our bait. Hopefully, hopefully we took a little bit more of a deeper dive for uh, our good <laughs> buddy TP, Paulie Plice. We didn't talk specific numbers, I don't think, but but hopefully, hopefully we we uh, quench quench the thirst of Mr. Paul Plice over there with some baseball talk. So uh, appreciate that, uh, guys, and uh, Ryan especially. No doubt, no doubt. Um, okay. Well, we uh, got to, well, Ryan and I got to go on a patio this past weekend. Yeah, we did. 
we uh saturday afternoon we went was it saturday saturday or something no, yeah oh was saturday it? okay yeah. saturday afternoon we went to terrestrial brewing company and hung out on the patio for a few hours and uh uh ryan what'd you think um did you have did you have some anxiety going into it? Were you a little bit nervous about going to a patio, um, you know, a bar? And, you know, did it did it kind of live up to, you know, what you thought, you know, would be would make you feel safe in this environment? Yeah, I so going into it, I did. I felt a little bit weird initially. It was like, hey, do you guys want to go to a go to a bar? And I was like, I want to, but are we allowed to? I'm like, oh, I guess we are allowed yeah. to. Sure. And so I, I, my inner monologue was kind of running wild. And like, I kept, I kept feeling like we were doing something wrong. You know, you know, when you're like a kid and you're, you're somewhere yeah. you're not supposed to be and you're a little bit anxious the whole time. And I was like, man, I, I felt like I was 16 and I snuck out of the house in the middle of the night. Like it was, it was initially a little bit kind of hard to chill out and relax, but you know, we're, you know, terrestrial got a great beer and it was just, it was just a couple of us. They had everything spaced out six feet, definitely, honestly, more in a lot of cases. It was not very crowded of, a, you know, of an environment. I felt pretty good. So initially going into it, I felt a little bit weird. But uh, I, I think the combination of seeing how well they were wiping things down. The second you left a table, somebody was spraying stuff down, wiping stuff down. They were on top of it. Um, I'm glad that they were taking it, you know, you know, seriously, but. I also felt good just being outside with friends, having a beer. It just felt like a little bit of normal again. And so there was some initial uh, <laughs> initial weirdness, but that quickly subsided with the combination of seeing how well Terrestrial handled it and the fact that I had a couple of really delicious IPAs that were probably helping me chill out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. Um, they certainly uh, took took everything seriously, which I knew they would have. Uh, shout out Tony Coast, GM of Terrestrial. Um, you knew they would just because they're just Terrestrial's great people. I mean, the people that run it, um, it's always a great atmosphere there. Uh, I, I I will admit I was a little apprehensive when I saw everything that had happened with uh, Town Hall, like the night before or the two nights before. Um, but Town Hall is always just. So I, I kind of knew Town Hall was going to be somewhat like that. Pushing um, the envelope like they always. Yeah. But uh, Terrestrial, uh, I, I couldn't have felt better. Uh, so, Jordan, you weren't there. They, um, you know how Terrestrial normally is, where they don't have somebody, you know, you don't get sat by a hostess. Nobody waits on your table. You go up to the bar, you order your stuff, you bring it to your table. And yeah, 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 yeah. All kind of self-serve like that. Well, they uh, – they had, they had bartenders and servers walking around waiting on tables, oh, which was different okay. for terrestrial, yeah. but made sense because you're not allowed. They they don't want people like walking around all the time. Like if you're coming into there under these circumstances, they want you to sit at a table and stay at a table. So okay. yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. So they had they had staff. They were all wearing masks. Um, trying to think, they sanitized. Every table after after a group gets up, and then they sanitize it again before the next group sits down. So so you can you can see them sanitizing it, uh, which I thought was good. Uh, they had hand sanitizer everywhere, um, yep. and like Ryan said, beer was excellent. 
food was food from La Plaza was top notch. Oh, so Ryan good. had his Ryan had his first La Plaza experience. Oh, yeah, I didn't I realize that. Wow. So yeah, Ryan, I had never had it before. What did, oh. what did you get? What did you get? I got their uh, chorizo tacos. I got them authentic. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I'm. I, Dude, I am a sucker for chorizo. If I'm going to do tacos, I'm doing chorizo or I'm doing fish. I don't do anything but those two. Have you – I I, I mean this sincerely because a lot of people here haven't. Have you ever had tacos like that before? Yes, I have. Uh, Well, I mean, do you count barrio? Because, you know, barrio – I've had barrio. I've had I, I like Barrio because they actually are authentic. They're not authentic. They're, they have elements that are authentic, like the way, gotcha. they okay. meats, the way they have some cheese. They're not authentic by any means, but they have elements that are inspired by authentic cuisine. Sure. Um, and I like Barrio. I'm not against them, but mm-hmm. that is very – La Plaza is essentially what I grew up eating in Houston. And that's okay. a lot. You'll you'll see that all over the South in like California and Texas and Arizona. And there's like play, even in places like Chicago and and um, parts of the North as well. They have pockets of Mexican populations that will have food like that. La Plaza and um, uh, is one of the only uh, authentic Mexican experiences you can have in the city. And it's it, it's authentic's a weird word because all over Mexico, every village, every region does their food differently. But that's a very traditional way to serve tacos, the double tortillas, the meat, and then you uh-huh. top it off with like onions and cilantro and then a squeeze of lime. A salsa. You always have to have a salsa as well. So that's that's what they mean by authentic tacos. And I'm glad you had that because I can't wait for us to go to Ola and uh, a couple other places in the city that serve similar uh uh, tacos like that but yeah no la plaza is great they're amazing they're a great place yeah so um if if anybody is looking for a place to go in this uh pandemic time where our bars our restaurants are open and you're looking for a place where you know that the guy you know maybe you're a little nervous being around people and but you want to go out you feel you feel bad being cooped up in the house uh i highly recommend terrestrial very like always, very dog friendly. You can still bring your dogs, um, mm-hmm. but they do a very good job of adhering to the protocols and making sure that everybody's safe, comfortable um, during this time. So, if you're looking for a place where you don't have to worry about, you know, people breathing down your neck or, you know, you being in an uncomfortable spot, definitely check out uh, Terrestrial and, uh, you know, support them. They're still doing takeout beer, so. If you're if you don't want to stay there, or if you're like Ryan and you like the beer so much that you got there, you had to get a crowler to take home. Do that absolutely. Fanboy two point highly recommend. I remember Dan one of the um, first times I went to Terrestrial to pick up to go beer and a crowler since the pen when the pandemic began. I don't remember if I think it wasn't the owner. It was one of the uh, head bartenders or uh, I forgot his name, but Tony. Ah, uh, I forgot his name. So I. You have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, he has like the neck tattoo. Um, yeah, I think that's Tony. Yeah, him. Tony Coe was there, and I was like, uh, he kind of sort of recognizes me and Teresa sometimes when we go. Yeah, that's Tony. You uh, know, he knows Teresa. For, I don't remember how he knows Teresa, but anyway. that's definitely Tony. Yeah. So we went there, and I went to pick it up. No one was there. It had just opened, 
And I was like, hey, I just want to get a crowler. And I wasn't thinking much of it, right? I was like, well, I like local beer. I like terrestrial. Of course, I'm going to do that. And he's like, dude, thanks so much. I appreciate it so much. I was like, oh, yeah, man, of course. Like, I, the last thing I want to do is see any yeah. of y'all have to dude. go through any hard time. So, but yeah, yeah. they're super appreciative back then. I'm really happy to hear that they're opened up again. I'm so, so incredibly frustrated that I have still not been to a brewery, but I can't right now. And as soon as I can, I will. I'm yeah, you still you still got a few weeks. You can't yep. taste anything right now anyway, so right. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, so anyway, so that we, we did that over Memorial Day weekend. So uh I know uh we put out the poll. So uh regarding Memorial Day. So Jimmy, if you wanna just uh go through uh what what was our poll and what were the results? Yeah, for sure. So the poll of the week this week was um did your memorial day plans feel somewhat in quotes normal this year and we had a decent amount of voting uh the options were surprisingly yes and or obviously not and 65 percent said yes uh it felt normal 35 percent said uh no definitely not so that's good to hear i guess um good to see that people enjoyed themselves for the most part 65 percent of you Sorry for the 35%, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like 4th July isn't going to be much better without fireworks. So, um, yeah, it's good to see that restaurants and bars starting to open again. And um, I've seen pictures and Snapchats, Instagram stories of people going out, having some fun. So a um, little bit of normalcy coming back. And uh, yeah, just, hopefully it gets, gradually gets better. Just just like like we've always said on this podcast, you know, we're not trying to push any ideals or anything. Just if you're going to go out, be responsible. Be considerate yeah. of other people. Like if if say if say you plan to go to and I'm you know I'm just pulling it out. But if you plan to go to Market Garden one night and it's packed and you don't care if uh, you know you get Corona or anything, I, I would suggest that maybe you you know there's other there's other breweries in Ohio City. Go go somewhere else. Spread the wealth, man. Not. Not politically. I'm not talking about that politically, but because <laughs> we don't talk politics on this podcast. <clears throat> but um, but yeah. So um, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, Ryan and I, and uh, uh, we went to terrestrial over Memorial Day weekend. So we went out. So I I thought it was a great experience considering everything going on. Um. Most of the rest of the holiday weekend I spent with family. So I guess on actually Memorial Day, I really didn't go out. Although I did drive I did drive by Edgewater with uh, Champ, who's my dog. And I was going to stop and just kind of walk around or whatever. But Edgewater was freaking packed. And I want to say something. Uh, this might upset some people if this was you at Edgewater. But you people, if you don't throw your trash away, you're disgusting pigs. It's not that hard to bring a freaking bag, and I don't want to hear the excuse of, well, the trash cans were full. Bring your own freaking trash bag and yeah. throw your trash out, put it in the trunk of your car, and throw it out at your house. There's no reason. I saw too many pictures of picnic tables at Edgewater with people leaving uh, uh, bag, you know, half-eaten bags of chips, uh, 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 paper plates, uh Red solo cups from I'm assuming beer, just 
strewn out all over the tables. And then eventually, because you're outside, it gets windy. It gets blown off the tables, and there's stuff all in, uh, you know, the grassy area around. That's disgusting. Edgewater is one of our jewels of the city, and you guys are going to take it away because you're freaking pigs. Throw your stuff out. Yeah. You know what's even worse than that is when people leave their gloves or their masks on the ground. <laughs> oh, it's the yes. worst. That's even yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's I was just... so I was so offended by what I saw this weekend. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's that's gross. Just bring a bag if you're gonna go party on the yeah, beach. Yeah, it's not that it's hard. Fine, but like bring a bag to throw your beer cans and your food or whatever in. Like, come on. It is not that hard. It's yeah. not that hard to be a civilized human being and not be a freaking barbarian. Sorry, I just that I got all kinds of fired up when I saw that. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking Been to in. you guys. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, speaking of so Memorial Day weekend stuff, Jim, what did what did you do on Memorial Day, Jimmy? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> What's that? Wait, I did. What did happened? you guys just hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So the the, uh, the glass uh, the glass case on the light of my fan just fell off of my fan. What? <laughs> <laughs> From you screaming. Yeah. Oh my goodness. See, that's what you get for getting all riled up. Man, that was the Lord telling me to settle down. Apparently. <laughs> wow. Or it was the devil trying to tempt you. One of the two. Could be. It could be. But it, hey, it didn't break, so I'll take that as a good omen. There we go. But um yeah. Um wow. Memorial Day. What what a hot, terrible, terrible day to work out. Uh and that's exactly <laughs> what we decided to do. So, yeah, Ryan, what happens uh, – well, I know this is a pretty popular workout, but more popular on Memorial Day if you'd like to talk a little about it. Yeah, sure. So for anybody out there that does CrossFit or any any type of you know physical activity like it, Memorial Day is the day for Murph. Uh, it's what's considered a hero wad. So in the CrossFit world, they, they name some of their like flagship workouts after various – you know, service people, men and women who have, uh, you know, either, you know, unfortunately died in, you know, the line of duty or otherwise been some kind of uh, inspirational figure. Uh, and they name their workouts after these folks. And so Murph is is particularly nuts. Um, it is uh, a mile run followed by 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another mile run. Yikes. All while wearing a weight vest, uh, 14 pounds for women, uh, 20 pounds for men. And uh, it's it's absurd uh, because it sucks. <laughs> like I don't I don't love doing any of those individual components very, very much on their own. Uh, doing them all together was was is especially uh, ridiculous. And then, oh, by the way, we foolishly did it at like one o'clock in the afternoon on Memorial day, which happened to be one of the hottest days that we've experienced here in Northeast Ohio and in, in a while. Uh, granted, Jimmy, <laughs> granted, we didn't have weighted vest. Jen had a weighted vest. Cause we, yeah. we, we didn't buy one. So uh, we kind of cheated. We kind of cheated, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was about 90 something degrees. Felt like 190. Uh, yep. The night before, I didn't get much sleep. Had a little too much fun with some friends. Had a couple of adult hey. beverages. 
woke up just feeling awful. I was like, I where's have the, to do where, this. Where's the party sound effect? <laughs> I almost backed out. I woke up. I was like, should I just say I don't feel good? I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, Jen wouldn't let you hear the end of it. Yeah, no, definitely not. I'm happy I did it, but I'm not because I almost got sick towards the end of it. I was Whoa. running back. I was ahead of Jen and Ryan. Uh, like we were both running at the same time. But Jen had her car key and she was going to give it to me so I could like, you know, get some AC, get the water. And I'm like shuffling. I would even call it a run. I'm like shuffling towards her. And I just looked like white as a ghost. I just I had a ton of water before I ran that last mile. And she handed me the key. And I was about 20 seconds away from the car and I just had to stop. I just felt my stomach rumbling. Oh, nothing came up. We're good. We made it. But I, I was nearly there as well. I didn't. I did not get sick, but it was close. I mean, I, I, you finish in what, like about an hour on the nose? Yeah, it was like an hour twenty, hour twenty seconds. Yeah, and so I, I finished probably, I think, in an, about an hour ten or maybe an hour eleven. And Jen came in a couple minutes behind me. For frame of reference, one of the guys who is one of our coaches at CrossFit at uh, CrossFit Strongsville, he finished uh, in thirty-three minutes. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> nearly half, like nearly like, like half the time that it took jimmy to get it done and, and, With the Devin, vest. and we didn't wear yeah, vests he was wearing the vest and yeah and so it's 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 a bananas workout and it, it's it's humbling to say the least um i definitely I, I nearly got sick i normally i can run if i'm just running a mile i can probably run a mile somewhere between seven and eight minutes <laughs> my second mile at the end of the workout i think i just came in under 13 minutes it was it was again run i did not run that mile i trotted borderline borderline walked it was it's brutal so for anybody out there who's never done it um it's a heck of a workout i encourage you to try it if for no other reason other than to simply say you survived it um but also you know yeah it 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 was it was something else and then you know what i got to have a couple uh Got to enjoy a, a light beer in the pool after that fact, and I got to relax, and so I felt justified in, in having a beer. So it, it, it all worked out. Yeah, it was hell. <laughs> <laughs> it is a particularly ridiculous like workout. Way too hot that day. And I just all remember right. there was very little clouds, and I were just – if there was one cloud, <laughs> I prayed that it would go over and cover the sun. Nope. <laughs> nope, we had all the sun. All right. Uh, so is there anything else that we haven't covered tonight that we had planned to? I don't believe so. I think that's it. All right. So let's move on to shout outs before we get out of here. Uh, every week at the end of every episode, since we're still in pandemic times, uh, we're not doing what's the move because nobody's doing anything really. Um, <laughs> uh, especially Jordan right now. He's definitely not moving, yeah. but, um, uh, yeah, so we do shout-outs at the end of every episode. This is an opportunity for any one of us to shout-out absolutely anybody, anything uh, that's gone on uh, in the last week. So uh, who wants to begin? Who's got a shout-out? I'll go first. Jordan. Shout-out to my mother for... Uh... Hi, Mom! <laughs> shout-out to my mother for bringing me groceries. Um Obviously, I don't think she would ever say no to something like that. But I still Our appreciate moms great, it. man. Oh, uh, they are. I still shout out to the moms. It. Yeah, I still appreciate it because she took well over an hour getting all those specifics I like, uh, stuff I like, and brought it over, dropped it on my doorstep. So shout out That's to my awesome. mom. 
Shout out, Mama Gonzalez. My sister was there too. So and sister. Her. I'll go next. I'll I'll ride off of that. Um, you kind of stole my idea because it is <laughs> my mom's birthday in like less than an hour and a half. So I was gonna say shout P. out to my mom. Happy birthday. Yep. Happy so. birthday, Mrs. P. Live it up in Florida, South Florida. Florida. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan. I'll go. Shout out. Uh. Maybe a little bit corny. I don't care. You guys uh, for bringing me on. I'm hey. really stoked uh, to be a part. So yeah, when you know, going back to uh, you know, several months ago, you know, Jen and I were talking about how you guys had this podcast. I was like, man, I've always wanted to do that. I love beer. I love sports. I love all these things. And I was just at the time, I was like, man, I'd love to just even go on for one episode. And you guys were great enough to have me on. Jen and I came in, and it was a blast. And uh, one thing led to another, and now here I am, and I'm, I'm pretty damn stoked about it. So I appreciate you guys for bringing me on board, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Glad to have you on, dude. You're a perfect fit. So thanks, guys. A plus first episode. Dan, Dan also right. finally has another brown nut to talk about. Yes. Let's thank go. God. <laughs> I can talk Cleveland Absolutely. sports with somebody. <laughs> I Jordan's, I Jordan's I usually like, He's like, meh, meh. yeah, yeah, Cleveland, but this is what Houston did. James Harden, meh. James Harden. Meh. The Astros cheated, but they still won the World Series, so I don't care. Meh. Still an Astros fan. <laughs> AJY. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's I'm super stoked about that. And I know yeah. like one of the biggest uh uh thrills with jordan doing this podcast is you know we talk about uh beer every week and i know that's one of your big passions too so um you know getting another guy you know we can't we can't you know jimmy does the best he can but he's he's a he's a uh he's a creature of his age he's only 22 so we can't expect him to like have tried every single beer in cleveland so you know it's good to it's good to have you uh with us who's not just Cleveland, but as I'm sure we'll find out as we do more episodes with you, um, you know, and we talk a little bit more about your background, uh, you know, living in uh, new, the New England area and going to college somewhere that wasn't in Cleveland. Like, you know, you have experiences with beers like all over the country. So um, we're definitely excited to use you as a resource in that, that aspect. Happy to help. Happy to help. So, okay, uh, I will end out the shout-out segments. I'm going to shout-out two people who I know are not going to listen to this uh, podcast. It was <laughs> – so today it was uh, two friends of mine's little kids' birthdays today, and we did a uh, parade caravan. Um, uh, our frequent guest and friend, Hannah, you uh, Vegas, uh, put this together. Uh, with a bunch of people from church. So uh, uh, Andy Sakura, his wife Mary, uh, their little boy Archer, it was his fifth birthday today. And uh, Mikey and Lauren Aquilino, uh, their little daughter Marina, it was also her fifth birthday today. So they both live in Olmstead Falls. So it was cool to just get a group of like 10 to 12 cars and just drive by their houses and blare on the horns and and all this stuff. And I... uh, Archer is a well. Andy, his dad, is an is a big wrestling fan. I want to get Andy on the podcast at some point, talk a little bit of wrestling. So I might have to pull teeth with you guys to be able to do that. But nah, I want to do it. fine. 
24 hours. Um, no, I'm on so, so his uh uh his his little man Archer is uh he turned five. He's he's a big wrestling fan. because uh, you know his dad watches it, so he watches it with, with his dad. And uh I was blaring his favorite wrestlers uh theme music as we drove by. So that was a cool moment. <laughs> so that was who's that his was favorite fun. wrestler? So he loves uh Cody Rhodes from AEW. Nice. Yeah. So that's my big thing right now too is AEW. So Mike Tyson was on AEW last night, by the Whoa. way, throwing bombs on Chris Jericho. I heard that. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Jimmy, I texted you last night. I swear to God, he walks out, and I look, and there's this little guy, and I'm like, oh, my God, is that who? that's Henry Cejudo. And then they walk in the ring, and and uh, good old JR says, oh, he's he's also with Vidor Belfort and Rashad Evans. I'm like, what is going on? It's right so now? nuts. What was the reason? They, like, Is there any so, reason they came? So Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson have tension going back 10 years ago. I say tension, but it's it's wrestling. It's storyline and all that. So they have tension going back to when Chris Jericho was in WWE. So Mike Tyson was at their pay-per-view last night to present their new championship belt uh, that was won on Saturday. And so because they're, they're taping everything in Jacksonville at the same place, he just mm-hmm. stayed for a couple extra days, and he showed up on their TV show last night, Dynamite. And uh, Chris Jericho came out and called out Tyson and all this and uh, called him a son of a you-know-what and all this stuff. And so Tyson comes out, rips his shirt off. And, dude, for a 53-year-old dude, that guy is jacked. Shredded. And, uh, you know, he comes out and he's like this. He's like, screw you, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Ripped off his shirt. He's like, he's like I'm going to eat your children. <laughs> and they just, they, just go, they just go at it like this. The, so I think – Dude, I'm not kidding you when I when I tell you I think that Henry Cejudo, uh, Rashad Evans, and Vitor Belfort might wrestle in a match in AEW. I can see that happening. So, for sure, they're, I, I I think they're all retired, aren't they? Uh, Henry Cejudo's yeah. recently retired. Yeah, Rashad Evans like, is definitely retired. retired. Yeah, and um, Vitor Belfort, I think he wants to fight. Somewhere else, not with the UFC, but yeah. I could see him doing some wrestling too. Yeah. Why not make that moolah? So anyway, all that talk just to say shout out to Marina and Archer <laughs> who turned five today. And, uh, you know, maybe their parents are going to listen. Maybe Andy, Andy, Mikey, Lauren, Mary will all listen to this podcast. And, um, you know, they'll hear about that. So uh, shout out to them. And uh, that's going to do it for shout outs. So anyway, that's pretty much going to do it for us this episode. Want to thank our new co-host Ryan Donathan for joining us and uh, joining us into the future, um, and uh, yeah, for yeah Jordan and Jimmy too. You guys are cool. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, check us out on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Uh, you can check out our website lotlpodcast.com, which uh, Jordan posts all of our embedded links to all of our episodes. <laughs> So you can find all of our episodes there, or we post them all on social media as well. Um, yeah. So I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. If you're listening to this before the weekend, have a great weekend. Be safe. Uh, be smart. Uh, pick up your trash at Edgewater, you dirty <laughs> people. And uh, we love you. So uh, for Ryan, Jimmy, and Jordan, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land. And we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. See ya. Don't be surprised when it all